Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today's guest is Lindsay Michelle, and she has a blog called Sex Ed with Lindsay. So hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me a little bit about your blog. Yeah. So um, I started this blog um, a little over a year ago, and I saw in, you know, a need for sex education, but didn't exactly know yet how to provide you know, that kind of outlet and service for folks who want to learn more, especially adults who didn't get sex ed um, or adequate sex ed in um, their primary school years. So um, I started a blog that focuses on sexual health and wellness and um, education. And I have a corresponding Instagram that I post uh, product reviews. I post, you know, educational um, edits and um, collaborations with other sex educators. Um, So that's just kind of my my main focus. And I'm currently getting a master's degree in human sexuality, a master of education. So that's kind of how I'm taking my my sex ed like more legit. I would say more seriously. Yeah. As opposed to me, who's basically working on a certificate that says I know a little bit about a penis and a little bit about a vagina, <laughs> but I have 13 years of talking about it. So yeah. that's fine. So that's where I found you, right? I found you on Instagram. I, you had liked one of my posts and I was like, oh, want to talk about sex? <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, it's hard to get me not to talk about sex. That's, that's the hard thing. And sometimes I look around, I'm like, oh, this isn't the right spot for this, <laughs> but you asked, so here we are. Um, what do you find to be the thing that's, that you get the most feedback on when you do a blog or a post? Is there any specific topic that really resonates with people? Yeah, I think at least for my followers, um, I get um, a lot of uh, questions and I get a lot of feedback on my posts that are um, LGBTQ uh, plus related. Um, as somebody who's pansexual, I can offer kind of like a different, uh, view and a little bit of different experience, um, in regards to that. So I post a lot of LGBTQ educational, um, edits and blog posts. And also, um, whenever I do something on like woman, that when I say woman, I mean all women, um, empowerment, um, and, you know, reclaiming that I also get, um, a lot of good feedback on that as well. Well, that's good. What's your favorite topic to teach on? Uh, So recently, I've really been liking teaching about pleasure. Um, And And I have been really liking talking about how um, women can experience all the different types of 
sexual pleasure that, you know, one can enjoy in this life. And I think since it wasn't taught at all in any schooling or any sort of schooling or educational system that I think it's really important for for women uh, to learn and to understand their own like sexual pleasure. So they don't need to rely on anybody else for it. Holla, <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> I was thinking about this story earlier when my, my oldest daughter had been uh, caught, let's just say in flagrante, is that a word? Is that the word? Uh, with a partner when she was in high school and uh, her mom, her stepmom and dad were not keen on the whole thing that was going on and sent her to live with me because I, I, I lived in Florida and they lived in Tennessee. And so I, I just remember asking her, I'm like, well, did you get yours first? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Enough said. Like that was, I'm like, I'm, I mean, you're in high school. I don't know why they thought you wouldn't be experimenting in high school. Like, but that was my question. I'm like, did you get yours first? Cause I would hate that, you know, you were performing without receiving. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of, so much of sex is performative. It's ridiculous. I had a conversation with some of my youngest daughter's friends the other day, and one of them, she was asking the question, how do I know when I'm doing it right? She's like, I want to make sure I'm performing right. And, and I said, well, that's where you're making your first mistake. You're not supposed to be performing. You're supposed to be enjoying. And if you're spending all your time trying to make sure that, you know, your partner's having a great time, where's you? Like, it's okay to be selfish. Exactly. And that just, they were stunned. They were like, nobody had ever told them. It's, it's about you. It's so funny. I recently did a course with a brand called Izzy Community, and it was about sex and mindfulness and how, you know, you can intertwine the two and have a better sexual experience, you know, especially with women. We're in our own heads. We're focusing on performative sex which is just a huge detriment in general to like sex <laughs> and, do i look fat right now yes exactly. do i smell yeah oh my god they're going down yeah <laughs> what do i do yeah. yeah exactly yeah that's why i'm a big fan of long-term relationships <laughs> like i deal with that at some point anymore Right. You're, you're just like, you know, well, you just saw me working in the garden. So, you know, I smell. So good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sweating, you know, like. <laughs> I'm pushing off massive pheromones right now. Obviously you want to get some. <laughs> so how long have you had your blog? I've only had it for like a little over a year, actually. It was like another name and then I changed it. I've changed it up a few times, but this time it's like legitimately sticking. Um, yeah. So a little over a year. Stupidly changed my name to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed and then started a, a, another speaking area where I talked to colleges and networking groups, at, et cetera, that has really nothing to do with comedy. And so now it's like, I don't want to change it again. Yeah. And, but I feel a little dumb. So I just got a link tree and I just put everything yeah. there. And you can have a separate page for that too, if you want, you know, or I've seen yeah. so many different ways of it. 
but you know what? It's all about the people, you know, that I only have like a thousand, you know, like I'm not like a huge influencer or something, but I don't want to start over by zero again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it long. It's yeah. It's especially now on Instagram, especially there being like so many restrictions on sex educators. It's just ridiculous. And it's hard to grow a following because you can't post ads. Like I just tried to post an ad about like this free e-guide that I created a little while ago and it got denied oh, because yeah. like they don't promote any sort of like sex industry. And even if it's just a self-love workbook, which I created, it's <laughs> Well, yeah. that's bullshit because they've got a whole entire number of half naked people pushing exactly. people to their only fans accounts through Instagram, but well, we can't yeah. talk about proper sexual health. Yeah, and Instagram. Yeah, and like the bit, you know, it's like the half naked, like quote unquote, what seems seemingly appropriate, like bikini pictures, but you know, like for those like mega influencers, but anybody else can't post about it. And just it's just so so much censorship. I hate it, but it's like a necessary evil because Instagram has helped me grow a lot, but I also hate the platform and like the people who run it. (laughs) Like my I have a Facebook group for the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast and I have a, um, I have a speaker page, but my stand-up comedy sex ed page is my friends call me Ray Ray because they wouldn't let me have the word sex ed in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yep. My uh, the face- world safe from healthy sex. Good job, I- Facebook. Exactly. Great job, Facebook. Yeah, literally my page on Facebook too, like my associate page is S-E with Lindsay, like right, instead right. of sex ed, because I couldn't say the word sex Yeah, in the page. Yeah. So it's, it's so stupid. I do. I get so annoyed with Facebook as a platform and I get so annoyed with Instagram as a platform and I'm like, yeah, but we don't have any place else. So, so until somebody else is going to make one. No. I guess we're stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, it has been a good way for people to like educate others. You know, I've seen so many like sex ed accounts recently been like just like new and posting. And it's good that like the community is getting out there and everything, but it's also bad if Instagram's gonna continue to censor it. Right. One of my main points in doing all of this is to get the conversation of sex to stop being so locked down. I think it's a shame that the sex ed that we have coming out of schools is completely useless. Um, They don't even particularly cover anatomy well, which is still useless. Uh, I remember seeing something on Facebook where people were just absolutely losing their shit because in a health class or a science class, they were talking about anatomy and they were talking about all the parts of the vulva and all the parts of the penis. And they were like, these kids don't need to know. And I think it was like kindergarten or first grade. And everybody's like, these kids don't need to know this shit. And I'm like, well, why did you teach them about their nose, their mouth, their ears, their eyes, their cheeks, their chin? Why is it okay to talk about all of that, but it's not okay to talk about their anatomy? Their penis and testicles, vulva, labia, clitoris. What the fuck? Like, why are we pretending those areas don't exist? I don't know. It's like this whole fear-based thing that people suddenly think that, oh, if I teach my kid about their anatomy or I teach 
them the proper names of their anatomy, you know, and I don't say like pee pee and woo woo and actually teach them that. And suddenly they're just going to start like wanting to have sex when they're five to, you know, I mean, like they're going to be like start being like sexually active earlier for some reason. But we know that comprehensive based education, you know, which includes every, all of the anatomy and everything that we've talked about so far, like help you know like makes people makes kids have better choices right in the end so it just it doesn't add up you know what i just thought (laughs) there's teaching your child that their nose is called a nose is not the reason they started sticking their finger in it (laughs) exactly and it's the same thing with their vulva and their penis. Just because yeah. you taught them the name of it is not the reason they started rubbing on their teddy bear. Exactly. It's because they figured out it feels good. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I love it when I come up with stupid shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good analogy. It really is. And it just popped right into my head right then. Yeah. Oh my God. I should put that on a t-shirt. So how long do you have till you're finished with your master's degree? I have a while. I just started. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Um, I don't know. I really want to write curriculum for schools. Um, I want to be kind of like a workshop facilitator. So, you know, writing the curriculum and then educating teachers, school districts, administration on that curriculum. So it's basically teaching the teachers. So mm-hmm. they are better equipped to do a good job on teaching sex ed. I wouldn't be opposed to teaching sex ed at all, but it's hard for me because I want to teach about all of these things. And I think that they should be taught every single day from kindergarten through 12th grade, like health and and sex ed should be like an integral subject, like math and English. But, you know, like uh, realistically, you know, that's not quite possible to do yet. So, you know, I want to be kind of like the behind the scenes part of it, writing the curriculum and then educating the teachers. So, you know, they don't even feel just like uncomfortable uh, with the material and they're able to have, you know, some sort of comfort and, you know, like ability to, to teach it well, because, you know, we know that so many sex ed teachers are not really sex ed teachers. Like they're right. not qualified. They don't, they just get thrown into the ring. And, and they're embarrassed and they're bringing their own personal uh, judgments and uh, I can't remember the names of things. Their own personal biases. Biases. Thank you. There's the word. They're they're bringing that into the conversation, and it's not helping. Um, I was had I had a conversation the other day. I think it's the probably going to be the podcast right before this one, and she is a lesbian, and she her teacher not only didn't cover anything to do with women's sexual health at all, you know, like his personal he. he she, he said things like, you know, sometimes your woman just looks ugly and fat. And you still have to have sex with her. And wow. I was like, you need to call him out. <laughs> like, I said, don't call him out by name, but say what year you went to school, what school you went to and how long ago it was. Cause they need to know that that's, that guy should not be teaching sex ed. <laughs> teaching in general, probably, probably. <laughs> but there's like, I think it would be helpful if, they had someone like you or like me or someone who's completely comfortable talking about sex, just come in and do the conversation. So yeah, there's, exactly. you know, it would be great if you could find teachers that are completely comfortable, but it's more like somebody like us who've been talking about it for a while where we don't get squeamish. It's very matter of fact. And I think when you 
if you've ever heard somebody say something with such conviction that you had to go back and listen to your own mind and say, okay, well, where did I get this thought pattern? Because that person's thought pattern is so different from mine and they're very confident in it. So where did they get that? Yeah. Right. So to have somebody come in and say, you know, here's the thing, here's the sex, here's, here's the, you know, the genitalia for this type and the genitalia from this type. And it will vary from person to person. And, you know, there's all of these different ways that you can love and it's supposed to be about pleasure. And part of it is about procreation. And, but let's face it, most of it's about pleasure and have a person just come in and just be that, that voice where a kid or even some grownups can be like, Oh, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Cause I see that at my parties when I, when I do the parties, there's women and they come in and they're just like, they're terrified. They don't know what I'm yeah. going to do, what I'm going to say. And like, Oh my God, she's going to hit me with a dildo. And then I go through <laughs> and I just literally be like, here's arousal and here's how this works. And here's a product for this. And there's this thing. And does this ever happen to you? And they're like, Oh my God, it totally does. And at the end they're like, I had no idea. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's why I have these conversations. Exactly. And this sad that the fact there are, you know, are like women who, you know, are older who don't necessarily even know these types of issues as well that are really extremely important because, you know, I got into sex ed because sex affects every single person, mm-hmm. you know, in, in any way, like in every single way, regardless of anything. So it's like the most commonality, I think, human beings can have. <laughs> right. We all got here because two other people had sex. Yeah. And, you know, whether (laughs) whether you do have, like, romantic or sexual attraction or whether you do not or whether you're, you know, discussing about your gender identity or your sexuality, it's all it's all part of everybody. It's everybody goes through the goes through those issues, goes through those conversations. So, you know, it's really a universal subject. And that's why I don't I don't get why it's just so taboo. Right. Well, and, well, I can tell you why. Virgin <laughs> porn. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. It is, I think it's the main uh, message through all of my podcasts so far. It's church and porn. They yeah. Fucked up sex. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. One is repressed and one is like overstimulated. <laughs> right. But one, you know, and both sides damage. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it, both sides give a bad message. Absolutely. And it, and it winds up hurting the people in between. So I just like having a conversation because you can only learn things by having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. So you got any funny sex stories? Hmm. Let me, oh man, I wasn't prepared for this. So I might have to think a little bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> Um, I actually had sex in an elevator once in Italy and I think we damaged it. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time. It was at a hostel and elevators in Europe, I don't know, you know, are extremely small. Yeah, they are. They're extremely small. So it definitely didn't help, you know, like what we were doing in there was like moving and shaking things around. 
did you mm. did you like lock it so it wasn't moving or did you try and get no. it on between first floor and 10th floor or whatever no, i was definitely <laughs> drunk so i did not <laughs> do that <laughs> and then I the same night continued and then we got caught in like a group hostel bed like like um you know how you have like like it's like a group room where there's like just like a bunch of bunk beds yeah yeah, somebody definitely turned on the lights and caught us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they heard you before. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how quiet you try to be. If somebody else is in the room with you, they can hear they, the breathing. They know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> yeah. And if you're in a hostel bed, it was probably squeaking. <laughs> I do like to, I, you know, I should just prepare people that I'm probably going to ask for a funny sex story. It doesn't even have to yeah. be yours. It could be somebody else's. That's true. That is the first thing that popped in my <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. I don't, I can't even think, I mean, the, for me, the only time, the thing that, the, <sighs> farting during sex has got to be the most hysterical thing ever, yeah. and <laughs> for the person who farted, yeah. <laughs> probably not for the other person, Yeah, because they're stunned. <laughs> it's like, it's such a, it's also just like a natural part of life, too, and everything, and like, whenever I hear about that and like they like stop is what bothers me the most I'm just like why are you stopping who gives a shit just keep going you've already pushed all the air out keep going (laughs) that's how I always feel about it but the problem with me is I start laughing and when I laugh it kind of pushes him out (laughs) and I'm just like get in there finish I'm not going to stop laughing. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to finish the job. You, you knew what you signed up for, basically. Exactly. Like, you're the one who decides. Like, it's it's so stupid, too, because, you know, if I'm going to have a gassy night, my stomach's going to make noise. And so if yeah. you hear my stomach making noise and you still reach over and you're just like, want to have sex, I'm like, all right. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. I'm like, you kind of put that on yourself. You, yeah. you, you know, especially if you're like very comfortable with your partner, you know. Um, do you have anything else that you want the public to know? Oh, about <laughs> anything? Anything. <laughs> I think, you know, it's really important if you are a parent to be um, active in your child's life in that sense. You know, don't be afraid. It's important for you to be a part of you know in a sense like to be in, to be informing them about uh sex and about like their sex lives are also going to be getting the information from somewhere else and typically that information's not reliable right i've seen from either from you know school-based sex ed you know unless you live in a pretty liberal state you're not going to be getting adequate sex ed and even those states still have right. issues too with pleasure in pleasure inclusive education and gender inclusive and LGBT issues. So, you know, I feel if you want, honestly, if you want your child to grow up, like to be the best that it can be, you should be teaching them about sex and about like their bodies. Right. Very (laughs) Um, first episode of this podcast is called how to talk to your kids about sex. Oh yeah. I love that. The rule is if your kid asks you about sex and you do not answer them, they will ask someone else and then you lose control of the message. Yeah. So give them the information they need. So you are a reliable, trusted uh, person that they can come to when they have questions. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you need help, that's okay. Like we are so many resources that you can find like either through, you know, different sorts of 
I know like a lot of like sex educators have their, you know, have consulting, they have, you know, all this to help parents, they post workshops, you know, to help teach their kids about, to help teach them to teach their kids about sex. You know, that's definitely something that I'm interested in doing at some point, you know, because my parents had, you know, issues talking to me about sex. Not that they were like, like necessarily shameful at all or anything. Like my mom just like put me on birth control when I was 16. I was like, that's it. You know, just like, but no, like no discussions, no questions asked, just did it. He's like, you want to be on birth control? I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just gave them mounds of condoms. Like here, share them with your friends, do whatever. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Just, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to say I was a bad kid, but I was probably the first of my friends to have sex. And sadly, mm. I think it is because I thought everybody else was having sex. Mm. Yeah. And, that's another conversation that's important too. Yeah. Realistically, how many of your peers are actually having sex? Right. Know? And how many of you just telling them, telling you a story because they don't want to feel bad that they haven't had sex yet. Yeah. So that's another fun topic but yeah no I was probably the first one of all my friends to have sex because I thought everybody else was having sex so yeah and then that goes right. and goes and goes in, yep. in the circle and then you know bound to be somebody who hasn't who's not being safe you know or hasn't learned about the importance of being safe and you know so and then something happens you know whoop pregnant that's happened in my friend group yeah I uh I was um, ta- I love to talk about condoms because even though I've been married for 24 years, we still use condoms uh, because that's my choice. Like mm-hmm. uh, carry in, carry out. No yeah. <laughs> child left behind. Take your yeah. mess with you when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Love that. <laughs> and I talked to a, uh, some college educators, and you know they say the pr- the problem is that we have taken condoms and we've made them, and you know it's a negative. Take these so you don't get pregnant take these you don't get a disease so you don't like it's all negative and staying the positives like hey if you use a condom you're gonna last longer yeah (laughs) you know if you're gonna use a condom it's gonna prevent parenthood uh at an early age um yeah but then uh, you get the girls and i get a lot of teenage girls and they and they said well my boyfriend won't have sex with me if he has to wear a condom and i'm like well first of all sister you have not realized she was the powerful person in this relationship it is you yeah. Rule is, you don't put on a condom, you don't get inside my body. Boom. All right. Well, what if you want to have sex with me? So go masturbate. Matter of fact, masturbate right the fuck in front of him. <laughs> and, and then he's going to be like, okay, okay, okay. I'll wear two condoms and put on a pretty pink bow. Whatever you want to yeah. do. They're going to, you have all of the control there in that situation. And then the other way is when, and when they say that they don't want to wear a condom, then when you're making out and he's about to go inside of you, whisper in his ear, what should we name the baby? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> definitely a turn off. If he's still yeah, able to keep one. it up after that conversation, then yeah. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And it's about like, it's hard subject too, because women, de- girls definitely need to be taught that like in their sex education classes to, you know, have that their body is their own and they have bodily autonomy. And if they don't want to do anything they're uncomfortable with, they don't have to. And men also need to learn boys to not put pressure on whoever they're having sex with, you know, um, right. In, in order, you know, to like be manipulative and everything like that. 
There's so many different things. Yeah, I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that was, well, I don't, meme, I guess, just means a picture with words on it, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a funny thing. God, I'm so old. Yeah. Um, and it basically said, how many women out there said no, but then he um, persisted and persisted and persisted and persisted until you just finally gave in. And I was like, are there any women out there that haven't done that? Mm. <laughs> and I sometimes, like in my comedy show, I say, you know, like, <laughs> men are, the word is not impulsive, uh, but women are reactive. And so it doesn't take a long time for a guy to get aroused. They just have a thought and they're aroused. Whereas women, mm -hmm. we are reactive. We have to be turned on. So it's not, and so I say, so how many times has your partner reached over and poked you and you're like, now nah, I'm not interested, but then, you know, we did this, this, and this, and then you're done and you've had an orgasm. You're like, oh, that was a great idea. Glad you thought mm -hmm. of it. But there's a difference between that and somebody going, please, I'm going to get blue balls. I can't believe your sex teeth. Da -da 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 -da. Like there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's, that's why I like to have the conversations because then we can talk. Yeah, it's definitely necessary. Yeah. All right. So I always end my podcast. Well, I say always, but I'm about to run out of questions. So it's not going to be always. <laughs> um, I have this game. It is called Things They Don't Teach You in School. A crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. Uh, I got this to do Q&A at the wineries that we like to go to. And mm -hmm. I realized that there was a lot of questions about sex. So mm -hmm. the crazy weird sex question of the week uh, is, uh, why is it called a G-spot? Uh, the, it was the named after the guy who discovered it. Right. I forgot well, his name. It was Ernest like some... Graffenberg. Yeah. Thanks, Ernie, for locating that. <laughs> I was a, that was a trivia question too, and another sex ed trivia thing I did, and I didn't get it because I just like could not remember that name. Yeah, Graffenberg. No wonder they shortened it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it, it was originally called the, it was originally called the Graffenberg spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then everybody was like, nah, we're just going to the G spot. Yeah, I mean, how unsexy that is, that sounds. <laughs> right. Hey, can you get in there with your fingers and hit my Graffenberg, my Graffenberg. spot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, Lindsay, how can people find you? Um, you can find me through Instagram mainly. Um, my Instagram handle is at sex ed with Lindsay. That's L I N D S A Y. And my website is also uh, sex ed with Lindsay.com. And then on Facebook, you're S E with Lindsay, right? Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't even use Facebook really like for that. Like Instagram's where it's at for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old, so I'm still in, I'm still on Facebook. Instagram is new for me. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at standup comedy sex ed. You can go to my website, standupcomedysexed.com. And I have set up a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and any other episodes. So search standup comedy sex ed podcast on Facebook. If you're listening to this, please subscribe to the podcast, like and share and put a comment so that will boost my ratings and Apple will finally put me on their ratings because apparently I'm currently unranked, even though I know people are listening because I get my downloads. So yes. um, I am excited to have talked to you. Thanks, Lindsay. I had a good time and have a great day. Absolutely. Bye -bye. Thank you, Raylene. Bye. <laughs>